You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the pod on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. I'm on Twitter at Walker Mail. And Nada is on Twitter at Nada the Scribe. I'm going solo today. Nada too busy doing other podcast things, which still tickles me to death that Nada has so many podcast responsibilities. And yet it seems like Locked On Hornets is at the bottom of the totem pole when it comes to his podcast responsibilities. He's out here teaching classes on how to do a pod, and yet he doesn't do a pod as frequently as he should, leaving me to fend for myself and try to do the podcast a solo. But hopefully Nada can get back on track next week and start to uh, get back to uh, being on with us daily as we approach the NBA draft. And one thing I want to start off with is something we haven't mentioned yet, despite some news breaking at the beginning of the week. And it's on the passing of Charlotte Hornets superfan John Jackson. Hosting the morning show this week, we received phone calls that led off with condolences to the Jackson family after the passing of John Red Fox Jackson, a well-known Charlotte Hornets super fan who I'm sure most of you already knew. I didn't know John like the rest of the community. I never had any experiences with him that plenty of others in the community did. And I don't have any of those to draw upon that I can share. So I relied on everybody in Charlotte to provide the stories of John Rick Bennell, Longtime Charlotte Observer, Charlotte Hornets reporter, friend of the show. I'm sure you've heard him a million times. Wrote, he wrote a story on his life. I saw the tweets from other radio hosts and their interactions with him. I listened to the calls that we received reminiscing on the voice they heard on radio, often intermingled with the all-too-familiar audio quality caused by the phone line. And it all illustrated to me just how different this franchise is here in Charlotte compared to all the other ones in the NBA. Despite the city growing so rapidly, we still hold on to the roots of the small market. And yeah, unfortunately, (laughs) it brings the cons, like our beloved Al Jefferson becoming the biggest free agent signing in Hornets history in the late 20s of the team's existence. It often leads to us not being able to get those star-studded guys. It often leads to us banking so much on the draft and as it's become true for the Charlotte Hornets, often not getting that special player in the NBA draft. But what it also allows, it allows Al Jefferson to be beloved in a way that a superstar could not be in the specific way in which he was loved here in Charlotte. It allows John Jackson to text Del Curry, perhaps the greatest ambassador in Charlotte Hornets history, for tickets to any games that he wanted to attend. It allows John Jackson to frequently receive tickets from President Fred Whitfield because Jackson didn't always have the means in order to attend the Charlotte Hornets games that he loved so much. It also allows the franchise's best player, Kimball Walker, to meet a couple of fans in his rookie season and develop such a close relationship that it would lead to annual dinners together and frequent pregame brownie deliveries. It's one of my favorite stories as far as a fan-player interaction goes. You know, that doesn't happen as frequently with other NBA franchises. I know the Indiana Pacers well. Well, Indianapolis is considered a small market, and you had that in the 90s against the Knicks. You had a little bit of that feel with them. You still do, but I don't think I've seen the interactions with the community 
like I have in Charlotte in Indianapolis or any of the other small markets that are out there. Charlotte's different. We had multiple calls in the morning show to send the condolences to the Jackson family and reminisce on John Jackson just knowing who he was as a Charlotte Hornets super fan. I was moved. I was moved by the communities and the Charlotte Hornets response to John Jackson's death. And it reminded me that with all the losing this franchise has done within its history, all the criticism it deservedly receives basketball operations wise, we're a tight knit group here in Charlotte. And I feel like we should embrace that. I feel like we did embrace that. I thought it was important to recognize all of that as well. The community coming together in remembrance of John Jackson. After all, if you're listening to this, I imagine you're a pretty big Charlotte Hornets fan yourself. So RIP to John Jackson, RIP to anybody who might be suffering that loss of him to his family as well as to his friends. Before we transition into another segment here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, I want to talk to you guys about rockauto.com. Always supporting the show. We're always very appreciative of them supporting the show. rockauto.com uh, has the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, and it is now impossible to stock all the parts you need in a traditional chain storefront. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer, choosing the only brand his warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. After all, chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. Rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. It's a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years, and you can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. They have an amazing selection. They have reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. LaMelo Ball came out with some comments earlier this week about the teams he's actually spoken with. It's two teams in the NBA. Is one of them the Charlotte Hornets? We'll discuss it next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. Have you ever had that one little bug that's just like it's not completely out, but it's like kind of dangling in there and then you try to sniff it back up to go away for good, but it just it'll it'll keep popping back. That's what I'm going through right now. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Potential number one overall pick LaMelo Ball appeared on the Jalen and Jacoby show, which I absolutely love, by the way. Jalen Rose, I just mentioned the Indiana Pacers. That was my favorite guy watching him for the Pacers. And so, of course, I'm watching Jalen and Jacoby listening to LaMelo Ball. And this video clip was circulating on Twitter. And LaMelo did reveal that he had only, he had only spoken with two NBA franchises, at least at the time, which this, I think, dropped just a couple of days ago. And LaMelo Ball said that he spoke with the Golden State Warriors, who have the second overall pick in this NBA draft, the pick ahead of the Charlotte Hornets at number three. And he's also spoken with the New York Knicks. Those are the only two teams that he's spoken with so far. Jalen kind of rose an eye, raised an eyebrow, if you will, and said, "And what would it be like to play with the Warriors, right? Like, because if you're playing with Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, a team that has been in the NBA Finals for so many times the last decade, of course, Jalen Rose was interested in what LaMelo Ball might be like with that organization. LaMelo continues to say the same thing um, that he did in his media availability, just saying 
he doesn't care where he plays. He just wants to go out there and play basketball, which I think is fine, by the way. I don't know why anybody would criticize that. I don't think too many people have. I just thought that that was fine. Of course, LaMelo Ball is going to tell you that he just wants to go out there and play basketball. But it would be interesting to see LaMelo go to Golden State because I feel like most people are pegging James Wiseman as the selection at number two. But LaMelo would be crazy interesting playing alongside all of those stars. And you know, LeVar Ball would still come out and say LaMelo is the best player on that team, not for the future, but right then and there, a team that includes Steph Curry on it, a team that includes Klay Thompson. I would be absolutely here for the LeVar Ball drama that I think is quieted down. But if he goes to Golden State, somebody please ask LeVar Ball if he thinks LaMelo is the best player on that team at that moment in time, because, you know, he's going to say, yeah. You know he's going to say that LaMelo is the best at that moment in time. And so that would be hilarious to see. But also LaMelo facilitating the Steph Curry, Clay Thompson. I don't know if that's the right fit for them. But James Wiseman seems to be the guy that would be the most logical, having never had a star five, having to put Andrew Bogut there, which defensively really helped them. A lot of people thought that the Cleveland Cavaliers really benefited when Andrew Bogut went out in that NBA Finals matchup. And that that, along with Draymond Green's absence, was the key to getting a Cleveland Cavaliers 3-1 deficit overturned. And so do you want to have the rim protector, who is more athletic than Andrew Bogut, the rim protector that James Wiseman could be? You know, it makes a lot of sense for him to be the second overall pick. And if he's not there, then LaMelo, if 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 he is not the selection, I should say, then he would be there third overall for the Charlotte Hornets to potentially take. And I wonder if a lot of people fall along the same lines as Keith Smith, who kind of wants to see LaMelo Ball here in Charlotte. A national NBA analyst wants to see a LaMelo Ball here in Charlotte playing alongside of Devontae Graham and Terry Rozier being the facilitator between those two who can certainly shoot the lights out. Devontae demonstrating that in the first half. Terry Rozier demonstrating that with his catch and shoot ability. I've talked a lot about how I actually do really like the idea of LaMelo Ball in this backcourt. Wiseman certainly fits the need, and I get all of that. And I've probably hedged quite a bit on who I really want the Charlotte Hornets to select. And Devin Vassell (laughs) giving us that video of the awful shooting form. I don't know what we're going to do with that. But LaMelo only spoke with Golden State in New York so far. We'll see exactly uh, when he speaks with the Charlotte Hornets, assuming that he speaks with every team that has one of those top choices. Also wanted to mention a tweet from Bobby Marks as we just kind of bounce around some of the trending topics in the NBA world, or maybe not even trending, just some of the news updates. And I saw Bobby Marks tweet this out about Christian Wood, that he expects Wood to get $10 million this season, this offseason, something we talked about last week. In fact, the exact tweet from him was that Wood projects to receive interest at the mid-level exception with a starting salary of $9.3 million. And I think it is important to note that he says with a starting salary of $9.3 million. When we were mentioning Hollinger and Duncan's podcast, they were discussing what fits might be there for the Charlotte Hornets via free agency. Christian Wood, Jakob Pertl both brought up. And I believe it was Nate Duncan who asked John Hollinger, wouldn't you just want to spend $10 million on Wood rather than spending it on Jakob Pertl? And Hollinger kind of shrugged his shoulders and said, sure, but he doesn't know exactly what Wood is going to go for. If this is a guy that is in the running for six man of the year award at the end of this past year, then I could see him going for even more than 10 million. So would you rather have a Jakob Pertl who may get less than 10 mil, 
if the Spurs don't choose to match that or, or and, and if well, we'll see what happens with him or would you rather just spend that same exact money if it could indeed get Christian Wood? I just think it's going to be more than that. If it's starting at 9.3, I think it's going to be more than that. You talk about the salary cap space that the Hornets have right now. It's going to project to be at about 19 and a half million. If you extend the qualifying offer to a Dwayne Bacon, it's a $1.3 million qualifying offer. You would do that, which I don't think they do, by the way. But that would be something that you also have to account for. And then we have to talk about the extension where then you're talking about, OK, let's say you go with Devonte and you try to get a Christian Wood. Then you're talking about the other salaries that you have on the roster. It's just it, it, I, I just don't see them going after Christian Wood when you're talking about him possibly getting up to 12 million, which is what I think he's going to do. And I want to speak a little bit more about Dwayne Bacon before we go to the final segment here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. You know, I I know Nada has kind of gone back and forth on whether Dwayne Bacon is going to be here, even with him attending the two week camp that was given to all the delete eight teams. I don't think it meant that much. I think Dwayne Bacon just was going to benefit from playing basketball in an organized setting with his friends, by the way, because even if it didn't work out for Dwayne Bacon on the basketball court in the regular season, he still is very good friends with all of the young players on this team, having that rap album with miles bridges. And so I could still see him going to that two week camp, despite him not really being in the team's future. And despite him not wanting to be in the team's future, the way that he suggested in his exit interview, when he was really candid saying that, look, it might just be a smart idea for me to get a clean slate with a different team and they can use me how they see fit. Hopefully they believe in me in a way that the Charlotte Hornets really don't. I guess that's not exactly what he said, but that's the kind of sentiment that I received when he was talking about it in the exit interview. And I don't expect them to extend that qualifying offer to Dwayne Bacon. It would be $1.2 million in cap space, just to be exact. And here you are talking about some other guys like Jalen McDaniels and Kayla Martin. You're certainly guaranteeing Jalen McDaniels non-guaranteed deal. I wonder if you are guaranteeing Caleb Martin's non-guaranteed. I mean, I think you are because of what Caleb Martin, you know, did at the end of the season. I just wonder if he's guaranteed a roster spot at the beginning of next year because of the way that you have your third overall selection, because of the way that you have your 32nd overall selection. And who knows what the Hornets can do with this 50th overall pick that they have with Caleb being a guy that was undrafted. And here we are talking about what his role is moving forward with this organization. You know, who is the Kayla Martin of this NBA draft or this undrafted free agency period? (laughs) I mean, not only did the Hornets not, not only have the Hornets kept their second round picks, they had three picks last year. All of them looked like they are guaranteed a roster spot with McDaniels, Cody Martin and PJ Washington is that going to be the same case? There's no way you can do that three t- uh, three times again to, for the second time in a row, right? Like I can't expect the Hornets to do that. And if so, then you know, hats off to Mitch Kupchak. I mean, as long as he's not keeping them just for the sake of them being his picks, them actually realizing some potential here that Mitch Kupchak sees in them, and rather than just Mitch holding on to his draft picks because he picked them, then you know, hats off to him. And we've talked about his second round history. I feel like that's actually playing out to fruition here with the Charlotte Hornets. And so Caleb might be a guy that's left on the outside looking in along with the Dwayne Bacon, along with the Billy Hernan Gomez, who might not be back with this team because he's going to hit free agency. Same thing with Bismack Biombo. Just a lot of minor moves that the Hornets are going to be making. 
that will certainly be interesting to see exactly how the Hornets operate this offseason, which has, you know, <laughs> been altered in so many different ways. Before we go to the last segment here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast, I want to talk to you guys about Built Go, which is, of course, from the same providers as Built Bar. Built Go is a gel, and whether it's your mental or physical wall, you can break through it with Go every single day. It's easy to take in one and a half ounce packages. You can put it in your briefcase for the most focused presentation ever, or you can put it in your pocket to get through the day. Maybe you need a little pick me up as the day goes on. Built Go is the best workout gel on the market, and it's kind of like a five hour energy without the same crash feeling. Plus, it's natural, so you know it's better for the body. Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. Built Go is loaded with good stuff to ignite your work, and Built Go then kicks in to keep you going strong. Collagen, by the way, promotes joint, soft tissue, hair, and skin health. This stuff really is uh, very good, and it also makes you look better. Visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED, not locked on as it is for other things. It's just LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. One more segment to go here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I'm, I'm a little, I listen, hold on. I, now see. Uh, the, I, we couldn't just blow by that one. Well, you had because this is what frustrates me. You know I'm uh, under the weather. You know I'm not at 100% right now. And you're you're just taking it to me. You're like one of these people that knew Nick Batum had a hand injury. And they were just slapping his hand. Because it's like, we're going we're gonna to knock this guy's hand because we know he's injured. And that's what you're doing to me right now. But I just want to say, Sam, if you're listening, you're more than a numbers guy. You have heart. You have soul. You have agency. You are a person. Love you, Sam. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Some major storylines to get to across the NBA regarding some head coach hirings as well as some step downs from general managers. We'll get to the head coach hirings first and the fact that the LA Clippers actually agreed with Ty Lue to a five-year deal, $35 million going to Ty Lue, the former NBA champion coach with the Cleveland Cavaliers. And Ty Lue has been somebody that's been on the staff with Doc Rivers for a couple of seasons. It seemed like he was going to be the guy to be the head coach of the Clippers but the Houston Rockets also had their head coaching search out there, which still has not been decided. We didn't know if Philadelphia was going to be the team to get Ty Lue before then Doc Rivers was made available, and then eventually he became that head coach. What about the Indiana Pacers? Was there any desire for Ty Lue to go to the Indiana Pacers? But he becomes the head coach for the LA Clippers, and you talk about the most pressurized job. I mean, it might be Philly because they haven't taken that next step that they've needed to take after tanking for so many years, but just the way that the Clippers got bounced before they got to the conference finals with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George in a contract season you have to get to the at least the conference finals and probably you're even talking about the NBA finals for you to feel even somewhat good about Ty Lue and so we'll see what he can do with a team and whether it was all because of LeBron that the Cleveland Cavaliers won that champion won that championship even with a couple of star players that they had outside of LeBron or uh, and we'll see exactly how much Ty Lue can contribute to a championship team because of the way that he is 
is able to coach. Some other news that I didn't expect to see this week, Daryl Morey, the longtime general manager for the Houston Rockets, decided that it was the right time to step down himself, not fired or anything like that, just decided uh, for personal reasons that this was the right time to step down. Morey's uh, resignation will be effective as of November 1st, and he is actually going to serve alongside the other higher-ups within this organization to try to figure out who the next head coach is going to be. So Daryl Morey is going to have some say in that. And it's a little interesting to me because, one, I've always thought Daryl Morey was very good. I, to to kind of bring along this crazy approach to the offense, hiring a Mike D'Antoni and just leaning all the way in on threes, free throws, and shots at the bucket, I, I thought... It, it really did affect the NBA and the way they were heading, which it would always it was always going in that route. But Daryl Morey leaned into it as much as anyone. And it was a team that was so damn close to not only getting to the NBA finals, but winning the whole damn thing with Chris Paul and James Harden. And you got to love Daryl Morey going for it constantly. I mean, even if the Golden State Warriors had Kevin Durant, they were always going to be the favorite to win the NBA finals. I always really respected Daryl Morey for just going after it and saying, it's not like we're going to wait for their contracts to go off of the books. I want to win and I want to win right now. Now they did trade first round picks galore. I mean, they don't, God, I can't even tell you what first round pick they have coming up for them because they traded all of them in order to get the stars. They did, whether it be Chris Paul, whether it be a Russell Westbrook after Chris Paul and James Harden started feuding. But the Houston Rockets at least have James Harden as it stands right now. Maybe you'd want to trade him. I mean, I don't know if this is a a team that you decide to blow up, whether you can even trade Russell Westbrook. I've seen some rumors about him possibly getting traded. And so we'll see the direction that the Houston Rockets are wanting to move in. But Daryl Morey deciding to step down because it's just the right time and because of personal reasons. One of the more interesting storylines out there. And finally, Stan Van Gundy does meet with the Pelicans to potentially become their next head coach so maybe getting back in the game I gotta say selfishly I would love Stan Van Gundy just to continue to broadcast games I think he stepped into the booth this offseason or this season I should say I think he stepped into the booth and immediately was a top broadcaster I don't know about number one but immediately it became one of my favorites to listen to that guy I what's crazy about him is not only does he have the basketball savvy to talk about the game in ways others can't but I also thought he was polished. I mean, he immediately comes in as a broadcaster and steps in as a polished guy that understands the cadence, understands the rhythm between him and an Ian Eagle, who I think he was working with um, on these NBA broadcasts. He also understands that you can have some fun here. Like he's a funny dude. I thought he made well-timed jokes uh, at appropriate times that were actually good with the content that he delivered it with. Like I I love Stan Van Gundy listening to him um, talk about the game of basketball in these games. And so hopefully to me, I I would love to see him continue to do that. It looks like though he is itching to get back into the game. And I've heard Stan Van Gundy talk about that a little bit uh, as he's appeared on Dan Levitard in the past. And so we'll see what happens with Stan Van Gundy as well, whether he becomes the Pelicans head coach or whether there's another team out there that 
that might decide to hire him. That wraps up this edition of Locked On Hornets. Thanks again for supporting the show, guys. We always appreciate it. Now tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked On NBA, Hollinger and Duncan, really any show on the Locked On Podcast Network. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Again, remember to go vote. The Spectrum Center does have their facilities open up until October 31st. Please go vote. I already did it. It was an awesome experience to go do that at my favorite team's arena. How many times are you going to be able to say that you could do that? Not too many. It only comes once every four years and the Spectrum Center is open for you to go vote early. Please go vote early again at the Spectrum Center. It will be open until October 31st. Again, have a great, happy and safe weekend.